0: I'm Ginger and I'm Dutch.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Ginger and Dutch here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Going to start out this episode in a little bit of a sad way here. There's a gleam today, Dutch. There's a gleam in my eye. Shout out to uh, Marty Schottenheimer, and the Schottenheimer family Yeah, passed away today. Ex-Buffalo Bill, Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. Dutch, that said Super Bowl, come on in here. Yeah.
2: I can't wait to talk about it. What a dis- sad display uh, that was put on. And we're going to get into a big review on it for sure. But let's fire this up. Uh, some fun topics today. And we got a, a cool special guest, too. We do indeed. We got a little hockey special
1: guest, Stock and Call Avalanche, a little later on in the episode. But let's get into our rapid fire. We got three topics we want to talk about. I'm going to start out with the first one with a little shout out to Tennis Canada at the Australian Open. Folks, we got five Canadians moving on to the second round. Two females. Bianca, that's all I gotta say. Yep. And shout out to Re- Rebecca Marino, Marino from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. She's living in BC. She actually left the tour back in 2013, I believe. She's 30 years old. She's made her return over the last couple of years, and uh, she won her first round match to get into the final 64. And then the men's game has never been in better shape. We got Milos, we got Chapo, and we got uh, Felix auger Alassim um, all looking, they're all ranked inside the top 20. So I would expect to see, um, at least one, if not two of those guys into the quarterfinals, hopefully into the semifinals and beyond shout out
2: to tennis, Canada.
1: Gosh, yeah, it's exciting.
2: You know, it, no, it's exciting. It's exciting. And it's nice just to have, uh, you know, Australia is normal over there. Yeah. So, so they got things rolling. I know they don't have full, full crowds, but they got things rolling over there. So it's exciting. We'll see. Um, let's hope one of them can uh, can it, take it take a deep because some of them have been out of tennis for a while, like you said.
1: Yep. Tell us about what happened in the NBA here, Dutch and our beloved Raptors, and give us an update on the NBA world.
2: Well, okay, we're at the quarter pole. That, that's that's where I can tell you. We're at the quarter pole and uh seventy-two games this season. I, I just want to talk with some surprises. We talked about it earlier. Um, and that's I'm gonna just name a couple teams and you can jump in whenever you want, but Miami Heat. We had talked about them still being up there, nine and fourteen, uh, just not off to a good start at all. Um, and I, I certainly did not think that the Pistons were going to be this bad, five and eighteen. They're just at the bottom barrel right I asked
1: now. You, if they were going to actually be better and contend for a, a playoff spot, and you, they've absolutely just gone the other way. They here.
2: just have just absolutely uh, crapped the bed for sure. And then uh, the Mavericks, you know, again, they're the second worst in the West. I know they're ten and fourteen, but um, just a little bit uh, shocked on those ones. So those are kind of my surprises. Um, but I want to talk Raptors basketball. Okay. You know, uh, a uh, 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 character win last night with, uh, you know, they were you know, down, down, uh, Lowry goes out early. Um, OG still out and they got just absolutely manhandled by, uh, your boy. You'd love to have him back with big JV. Oh man. 27 now? points, 20 rebounds. They were just out of sync, uh, yesterday, the Raptors and, uh, uh, it's going to be a long haul. Listen, they're in the eight seed right now. We get it, um, but it, it's going to be a long haul if they can't uh, protect the paint. Uh, they need OG OG uh, back. I think it might be time that you you start to hear the. Uh, I, I actually I heard them this morning talking about it. Uh, are, are they going to start taking? Uh um, taking uh, Lowry questions on here and see if maybe uh it's time to to make a move on Lowry and uh and and ship him to a contender and see if we can bring some spots because we know where the Raptors are right now they're they're just not they're not going to be contenders right now with uh with all the talent that's around uh in the East for sure. Yeah, the East is definitely uh, deeper than it's been in
1: prior years, and the, the Raptors are where where we thought they would be. Maybe not quite with the record wise, but did we not say that they would be in that five to seven to eight range with this team and with how deep the, the East was for, for me, they've lost some close games. We we all know that, you know, five within five points and two by one point, but if they're going to make a run and get to a five or six seed and possibly win a round or two here, if they, if they do end up keeping Lowry around, this is to me about defensive defense and rebounding 18th in the league in defense right now, just not good enough at times, um, especially protected inside and 28th and rebounding. You can see why the rumor on the weekend was is that they were looking at Andre Drum- Drummond yep, trade. Yep. Whether that involves Lowry or not, probably not, because I'm pretty sure um, Lowry would nix a, a trade to the Cavaliers, but they've got to start to protect the pit, protect the glass and start playing a little bit more defense because when they played defense, you saw last night you against saw, Memphis. That's right. As soon well, as
2: as soon as Nurse got got axed uh, right for his uh, his double technical, although he was a little bit confused by, by that, uh, the the team the team stepped up and they played a good you know ten minutes solid of defense if there is such a thing as defense in the NBA. But you're right, buckle down. But they do have to uh, get the glass. They've got 14 games left before this this quote-unquote all-star break, okay, which I believe is uh, March 5th through 11th. So um, it's an even split. Seven home, although there's no such thing as a home game anymore, but seven home, seven away. Um, and it includes, it, it's funny, it includes seven teams that are below 500 and then seven teams that are above 500, which has the 76ers twice, the Bucks twice, and the Celtics twice. So yeah. if they can take care of the, the, the lower teams and then maybe go split three and three with that, they're going to come right out of that all-star break, which they haven't even made the schedule. I'm not sure if you knew that. Yep, I saw that. I was, I've been keeping... So so, it up, so, that. I'm not sure why or what, how that is. That, was that a COVID plan on why they didn't make the schedule? Because so, yeah. they haven't released a schedule for March 11th onward, which they still are going to have um, 20, I think, 24 games, 26 games to go, I think they'll have. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I have them going into the All-Star break in uh, that you know five, six, seven seed based on how not so well the East has been playing. Yeah, some of
1: those teams are starting to come back down to size, the Chicagos and the Charlottes and and those teams. So I'm uh, bang on. And, and we actually did – it's funny you mentioned this. We did our prep separately again this week. And those surprise teams, I actually had both of them talking about Miami and Dallas. Miami. <laughs> did funny. you know they were fourth in man games lost? Jimmy Butler hasn't been playing a lot. Dragic hasn't been playing a lot. Heroes missed five or six games. So watch out for this Heat squad, especially if the seven and eight seats – get in or in the West and, and they're under 500 and it looks like an under 500 team could, could make that seven, eight seat. Uh-huh. Um, nobody wants to play the Miami. Heat no chance. Because, um, when they're healthy coming back off of a seven and eight seed. but they're in the same boat, 30th in rebounding 30th in turnovers. So they're not uh, cleaning up on the glass. They're turning the ball over. And then Dallas, just a disappointment. Uh, horrendous from three point land, 26th in
2: defense. So it's time to D up hopefully hit the open looks from three and uh, those Mavericks can turn it around as well. Yeah. Well, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk all-star game and all that, whatever that's going to look like uh, maybe in the next couple of sides. Well, Who's the has heck's doing LeBron it? LeBron
1: made his decision on uh, having the all-star game
2: yet? or No, uh, LeBron hasn't made his decision. That's funny you said that. It's true. Wow. Cause he will be the ultimate, uh, the naysayer on it. It's either going to be yes or no, but uh, my turn. Okay, your favorite. It's your bread and butter. We got the NCAA and there are buzzer beaters happening everywhere. And you've always tell me this right around this time. Folks, there's a ton of great ball. You know what I watched last night? I'm going to tell you this. I watched the Zags last night at 11 o'clock. I watched the Zags. They played BYU. It was supposed to be their toughest test yet and they just dismantled them again. They ended up only winning by 11, which by the way was a push. uh, Yeah, I might have had a a buck or two on it so I was happy with the push but 19 and 0 they're gonna run the table like I told you before but talk to me about all these buzzer beaters man it is it's madness already it is madness already I said this for years folks you don't
1: have to wait until March to get March Madness in NCAA men's college basketball. It's absolutely crazy. Iowa, Indiana, 67-65. Virginia Tech, Miami went to OT, 70-66. Alabama, Missouri, 68-65. I don't need to go on, folks. The list from the weekend alone on Saturday and Sunday was probably upwards of 10 to 12 games that came down to a buzzer beater. Uh, Missouri blowing a 17-point lead against Alabama and barely holding on in a big SEC matchup. So there's tons happening. Shout-out, by the way, to, the, to uh, Kevin Pangos made the world all-star team in the, uh, the Euroleague. Oh, cool, cool. One of our yeah. guests. Yeah. One of our guests, friends of the show, local boys. So shout-out. You are talking about the Zags. It kind of triggered my memory to mm-hmm. give him a shout-out. Mm-hmm. But um, keep it on the Zags. They're not going to be the only team that will go undefeated. Baylor will also go undefeated. Dutch. And then it's a smorgasbord in the the three to six to seven range. You got Michigan, Ohio State, Villanova, some of those big teams. And folks, like I gave you the preview last week, keep an eye out. For the first time in 12 years, Kansas has fallen outside of the top 25. And the first time in 60 plus years, Kansas kentucky unc and duke are all not ranked we've never had this before folks this is an absolutely unbelievable season and three out of those five right now msu duke Kentucky are all not going to be in the tournament. So you better start paying attention, folks, because your go-to picks will not be there in this year's NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. I'm
2: telling you right now. Uh, you, you've got it. I, I, I laid this out for it because I wanted to, to pick your brain on it because it's again, it goes back to this whole NCAA stuff. and, and let's I was going to start with a different division because most of the teams have about six or seven games left based on postponements and whatever yep. before this gets rolling, before all their conference championships. So since you brought up Kansas, I'm going to start with that division because the, they, the, the Big 12 just looks unreal right now. They've got six teams in the top 25, which seems crazy to me, okay? Seems crazy to me. But yet Kansas, as you said, is not in. I'll wait for it because I'm going to give you all of them, and then I want you to give me your feedback. The Big East looks good. We know that. We've got your, you've got Villanova. You've got Creighton. You've got Xavier. Those three teams. And the Big 10, are you kidding me? Wow. Seven teams. In yep. the top twenty-five, including Michigan at three, Ohio State sounds like football all the again. Three and four, yep. it's absolutely crazy. And then there's the ACC, which we just talked about. There's no a little uh, bit of a down year for the ACC, the down year. But yep. but how is it that I mean, how is it that that these? If I, I just said those the four big powerhouse conferences, that that brings up almost eighty percent, if not more, of the top twenty-five. I, it just When uh, some of them have barely winning records.
1: Yeah, and I think what you're, this year what you're seeing a lot of, too, is is that a lot of these teams nixed some of the, the out-of-conference games, mm-hmm. right? So they're not going to be able to play Alcorn State. They're not going to be able to play, um, you know, Drake's a bad example, but a, a Valpo. They're not going to be able to play some of these different teams where some of these... We can get a good judge as to how how good these teams are. A good point. So these out of conference games are gone. Like you're looking, there's the look at like Michigan hasn't played in in almost two and a half weeks. <laughs> They've only played 16 games. They've only got five or six. Left. Like they're only going to play 22 games. Yeah, that's only two thirds of a regular schedule. Yeah. Right. Uh, some of the, some of the teams withdrew from some of the tournaments where at the start of the year, so they weren't able to play some of these con- out of conference games and and inter conference games where you know SECs playing play in the ACC and and all that they were able to do the SEC big twelve matchup um, last weekend not last weekend in the past but two weekends ago so that was nice to see but I think that 's what 's happening and and as it goes back to you just these ranking makers and
2: these coaches and AP peoples they just tend to gravitate towards yeah. the bigger conferences. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this: that that when the when March Madness comes and when when hopefully let's hope there's no issues with it, let's hope it runs smoothly all the way through from 64 down. None of these playing BS games that I've never liked in the first place. But when we get to that that final 64, I'm going to go out there and say that in the remaining f- when we get to the final four, there'll be one, maybe two at best number ones. There, I think you're going to see some. Shenanigans! I think you're going to see some craziness happen this year. The March Madness could be the most wildest March Madness that we've ever seen.
1: I can't argue. Can't argue there, Dutch. Well, that's a good little segue. We were hot there on that uh, that uh, last rapid fire. Let's get over to we are no longer al Fuego, Dutch. We are now scorching.
2: Scorching fire. On
1: the, on the PGA Tour golf picks, you were one shot away from another winner. That would have been back-to-back winners covered all our bets with Xander Shoffley. Six guys made the cut. Where's the PGA
2: Tour? Where's CBS Sports? Where are all these people? Maybe this is our calling. Maybe 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 what I'll do is is when I become a guest of the show and I'm not your co-anchor anymore, I think I'm going to give you live feeds in or not live feeds, but I think I'm going to send you my golf picks every week because that seems to be the only thing that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I <would laughs> no, dis- hey, I would disagree. Hey, hey that. listen, you had Patty Reed last week too. We're on a roll. Um You know, what do you you like about that tournament that just happened? And and I want to talk, obviously, about just that final group on how they choked uh, the whole day. But what what did you like about that tournament? I liked the fans were back.
1: Yeah. That was great. And I also was interested to to see how some of the guys were able to use the crowd. I think Brooks used the crowd
2: immensely and was able to hit the shots when needed. The crowd kind of pumped him up. Who else used the crowd well? And he's always told us that he needs the crowd. Who else did? Mm, Come on, give me think. the big name. I know
1: I know, Xander Speeth and uh, James <laughs> Hahn did not use the crowd. Well, they, I have that in my notes. Rory McIlroy fires yeah. the final
2: round, 64 on yeah. Sunday. They, they, some of these big guys, they thrive on it. That chip was absolutely unreal by yeah. Kepka. Uh, something always crazy. They always say it, something crazy goes down on that 17th hole, and it did because Xander Shoffley snapped, <laughs> looked it into the water. Yeah. Uh, Hahn, I think, hit it into the water yeah. there. They were just uh, just all over a mess. It was nice to see Spieth back in the mix. Um, it was a shame that that Xander Shoffley literally called himself out last week and he pretty much did exactly what he said, which he says I choke. He's had nine, now 10 second places. He's, he's that new guy that can't win. Um, and it's, it's a shame because it was his tournament to, to lose no matter what. And he wasn't looking at the leaderboard. He just was struggling within the entire day. He never looked comfortable the entire day. Nobody in that final group did. And now you
1: kind of got Xander and Finau
2: kind of grouped together as those guys that just can't seem to win golf tournaments. You know who can win golf tournaments? And I know we don't, we're do not we not talking, we're, we're, we're sticking with our picks on PGA, but who can win golf tournaments and the hottest golfer on the planet right now? Everybody knows it, and that's Dustin. big, big Johnson. Dustin Johnson. He's the king of Saudi Arabia once again. He is absolutely on a tear. He's on a Tiger Woods tear right now. There's no doubt. There's last no doubt. eight starts. Probably got, I haven't even looked it up. What would it be? Four wins? Four wins, yeah. two second places, and his worst was a T11. He is absolutely, that was, that's Tiger. Right. I, you look at it all, That that is Tiger numbers. Now, will he, he's the number one ranked player this week, and now we can flip to our picks. Will he contend? Because usually after going overseas the last couple of years, he's failed to do so at Pebble Beach, which he should destroy. But there's no Wayne, which means there might not be any partying. Yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. Because the pro am, I believe, the pro am is only down to, um, I think they're doing just a little charity thing. You've got uh, yeah. our, our the boys sure. at the golf course were talking to us today. I think you got Bill Murray, you got Larry Fitzgerald. I think there's only like six or seven amateurs doing this little yep. charity pro am style. So
1: yeah, no, no crowd. So they're back to the no back crowd. to the silence yeah. again.
2: Yeah, and, um, we're
1: on a couple different golf courses, which makes it. Uh, a little bit interesting as well.
2: Yep, but uh, you were the, you were the hot man, so let's start off. Where are you uh, where are you leading us with your picks? Okay, well, I, I didn't want to go crazy crazy on a on a lock of the week, so I'm going to go with two real steady picks of the week, and then I got a dark horse. So my steady pick of the week, and believe it or not, this is is Jordan Spieth. I'm going to ride him while he's hot. Uh, he, I think he seemed to have found something uh, um, something in his game, and it just looks like he's kind of Finding his groove, right? Um, He's won here before. He's not missed a cut at Pebble Beach. He's 25-1. to I really like him in this situation. My other steady pick who hasn't got off to a good start in the new season is Jason Day.
1: I was looking at Day. I was looking at Day on Sunday prepping for this.
2: He has got way too much talent not to get back on track. You know, I know he hasn't played a weekend like I said he hasn't played a weekend in 2021 but he's had tons of yeah. success here at Pebble even though he hasn't won. He has. Right? Seven top 10s. He's yep. been in the top 5 the last 4 years and I like him at 27 to 1. How could you not? And my dark horse, again I didn't go crazy on the dark horse. Um I don't know why he's this high in odds because again he plays unbelievable. There at 41 to 1 is Kevin Streelman. He loves playing here. He was second last year. He was T7 in 2019. He had four rounds in the 60s this past week. I just love the value here. I just think it's it's, it's an amazing value. It's no 181. I was looking at C.T. Pan. Yep. Um, I was looking at Patton, uh, Peyton Gazzari, too. Yep. I, I I thought those guys would be some good. So if you're looking at some other value there, folks, um, that's, my, uh, that's my goal.
1: Love the dark horse pick. Like I said earlier in the podcast, we did our prep different this week. How could you not? I'll continue on, as you said, on that run. Kevin Strelman, folks, like Dutch said, second last year. T7 in 2019. 2018, sixth outright. 2017, T14. 2016, T17. Folks, it's been five years since this guy's been out outside the top 20 at Pebble Beach. Suits his eye. He's showing good form. T22nd at the Waste Management Omen. T37 at Farmers. So he's trending in the right direction. Yep, baby. Kevin Streelman
2: as our dark horse pick. Love it. Doug. Don't use sports interaction too much because I don't want those odds to go down, folks. All right.
1: <laughs> my my lock, my uh, our pick of the week at 36 to 1, 10 to 1 on an each way. He's been solid the last two years at this tournament, and he's shown nice form in uh, in 2021 here. Uh, T10 in 2019, T14 last year in this event, and he was 42nd at the waist, tied 18 at the Farmers, and 21st at the American, and that's Max Homa. He's played every single weekend on the 2021 PGA Tour. I like it. let just not pick. too
2: tired, but I love that pick as well.
1: Yep. And then my uh, my big gun not not a lot of big guns in this event. There's not. That's why it's kind of went that way. The greatest field. You know, it's hard to say that on the PGA Tour because these guys are so good. But hey, he won the Omega Dubai uh, T12 in uh, in Saudi Arabia at the international there. Hey, 2018 he was tied eighth in this event, and 2019 he was second outright at sixteen to one, five to one on the each way i got a soft spot for him. I always take these
2: English <laughs> Paul, Paul Casey. I Paul knew you were Casey. Done. That's I, my big gun. I had. purposely left him out because I knew you were going down. Casey I always Oh my
1: gosh. You make uh, me laugh so much. That's awesome. So predictable. But oh. It's alright. We like our picks.
2: We do like our picks. And like I said it, since since we've been back on our picks there um, perso- personally uh, and I know it's not always about as we use the term shekels but I've cashed every single week, and let's just keep this train rolling. Let's keep it riding. Uh, Great picks. Now, where are we? we got to go to what everybody's been waiting for us to talk about. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. The Blunder Bowl, whatever you want to call it. Um, You want me to go first? You you go first because, uh, you know what, I've got some points to make, but – I, I'm gonna just say I told you so. Um, I'm not. You did. You did. I I just, it just seemed too, too good to be true. I, I, I'm regretting not um, putting uh, putting anything on it. Um, I had some fun prop bets that I actually was lucky on, but um, the game itself, Ginger. Yeah, the game
1: itself. And let's go back to our our preview and kind of where I'm gonna look at kind of where I went right and where I went wrong. And you know, I'll I'll start with the bucks. Okay, uh, where I went right. I think, I think we nailed it in our preview. We talked about playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette. How good was he? Absolutely firm, um, amazing. Great offensive line worth by the Bucks getting him open. Um, so nice job there in sticking to Leonard Fournette and pounding that rock and moving those chains. Stick to who you are. I, I, we talked about that, uh, both teams being who they are. Tampa came in as the number one play action team in the NFL, over the last eight weeks, and they were able to run the ball. And as soon as they started to get the run going, they went to the play-action game and rekindled that old connection with Rob Gronkowski. So that was nice to see from from the Bucs' side.
2: And on a point there about that, I don't think they went four wide once. They did what every other team does, and that's they kept Brady upright. They moved him out of the pocket on play actions when he needed to. He had all the time in the world, and he was efficient, right? Look at his stats, right? 21 for 29. You know, he only had 200 yards, but, but he just methodically went down the field with his three touchdowns. And the thing that, that I, I really wanted to touch on, and you started with it, with, with Fournette, was I think Brady went into the coaches, you know, come the preparation and said, here's the deal. We brought these guys in. And I want to. Be, I'm going to say these guys. You know the the vet prowess. Look at what the game plan was. It wasn't like any, uh, meaning specifics. It wasn't like any um, of the other games. You had the vet, Fournette, Gronk, Antonio Brown, did the bulk of the work. If you, I I have the stats somewhere down here. Well, I'll, I'll find them in a minute. Yep. But but they. And throw Ronald Jones in there. Yeah, yeah Ronald Jones a had a bit. very yeah. good. I mean, yeah. he had 12 carries, I believe, and yeah. uh, he was right there. But they they avoided they avoided Evans, right? He yeah. only had one catch. They avoided uh, Godwin. I think he had two catches on three targets. And they 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 spliced and uh, braid a couple times. But yeah. those three guys only had six yeah, that big, receptions. That big
1: screen to braid was a nice. Correct,
2: yeah. but they only had six receptions compared to those other three guys. They had 15 or 16 receptions between Gronk. Fournette and Antonio Brown. There was 15 plus receptions between those three. Brady said, "I'm going with the vets. I'm going with the guys I know. I'm taking Gronk, and we're going to get the record. And I'm confident with those guys." And it was just a brilliant game plan.
1: Yeah, and I think I think what you see there and is is the difference in the two quarterbacks. And and I don't know, I don't know if I can agree with him going into the coaches and saying we're going to throw to these guys or whatever it may be. But what I what I will say. Is that I think Brady did a better job of reading the field. A couple times they show Godwin he's double covered, and some of the, the plays that I've gone back and looked at, I think I think the Chiefs wanted to who was leading in who was leading in the playoffs going into that game in receptions and yardage. It was Godwin, mm-hmm. right? So they knew that okay, he's going to be the number one target. We're going to take him away, right? Brady did a better job of going to the complementary cast, saying I'm not yeah, saying I'm not going to worry about right. that. I'm
2: just going to go and
1: play my play my game.
2: Yeah,
1: Sammy Watkins. You want to know how many targets Sammy Watkins got in that game? Mm -hmm. One. Mm -hmm. Demarcus Robinson. You want to know how many targets he got? Two. Okay. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Nine carries for 64 yards. Why are we not continuing to use him?
2: And or even giving him a few balls out of the backfield, especially when we said it all game long. Mahomes was running for his life. Correct. And you nailed the point. Over 50%,
1: a Super Bowl record. There was a lot of Super Bowl records broken. Gronkowski broke a record as well. But 29 times, Patrick Mahomes in 49 dropbacks was hurried, sacked, um, hit, whatever it may be, that's a Super Bowl record. And 16 out of those 29 times, folks, he was harassed with four-man pressure. We can't say it enough. The Bucs got home with four guys, and they got home routinely. Shout out to Todd Bowles. You want to know how many times Todd Bowles blitzed? Five times, folks. He hasn't blitzed that little in five years. That's his lowest blitz percentage in five years. They were two safeties high on 59 out of the 68 plays, the highest rate ever by Todd Bowles. They sat back and... They forced Mahomes, and I believe 15 targets for Kelsey, 10 plus for Hill. He wasn't able to hit some of the guys in the flat, use the complimentary pieces that he has and he was running for his life. Yeah,
2: and they missed those Superman plays. I mean, you know, and Kelsey's most of Kelsey's receptions came in the second half so that's even another stat to look at but, um, you know, when he was running around and he was trying to make those Superman plays, I mean you had some drops. uh, You know, Kelsey had I think two drops and he only had three drops all year long. Um, They had the other one where where Mahomes, and that was late in the game so it was pretty much already over, but when he was running and he did a full Superman throw and he hit Darren, uh, he hit Williams uh, I don't know why I said that, but he hit Williams in the end zone, hit him right in the face and dropped the ball. I mean, those plays were made during the season. And I'm not saying it's Super Bowl and the pressure and that I'm just saying that I don't know. And, and I know you kind of disagree with me on this, but I don't just don't know if that's going to be a winning formula. We haven't talked about the obviously the biggest X factor, which was you said it, which was the four, the, the um, you know the, the front four. It's won and lost in the trenches. Defense wins you wins you the Super Bowls usually. And for the fact that that Mahomes could not get a touchdown, for the fact that that offensive line was so beat up, and they were maybe a little more beat up even than we knew. Um, the defense was primed and ready to go, and fresh and healthy. Um, which is the reason why this game unfolded the way it did. Yeah, you're you're bang on, Dutch. You are absolutely bang on in that
1: analysis. And that's one area where I was extremely disappointed. And I was disappointed in Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. You got a beat-up, banged-up offensive line, and 92% of those 49 dropbacks from Patrick Mahomes were done with five-man protection. What did I tell you when we were leading up into our Super Bowl preview? Bring two tight ends on. Leave one of them in. Yep. Leave the back in. I want to see what happens to the back. And they were floating the back out. Those linebackers were able to cover. And Mahomes just wasn't able to hit the quick passing game right like and, and there was no football. and there
2: was very little screens that that were happening and that just it, it just didn't make sense with knowing that they had to beat up now they obviously had other stuff on their mind possibly and and i don't yep. want to talk about that with with reed's son and the accident and everything and, and they just didn't all look there but you know and people are going to go off about the refs okay so yep. what was the, the the stat at halftime it was eight to one eight i believe one. Yep. right and we had a couple of listeners uh say you know we wanted to, they wanted me to, to bring it up and talk about it but you know uh, the rest didn't cost Kansas City offensive chances. I mean, it was all defensive uh, penalties, and 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 the Honey Badger was just a, a lost cause out there. All they wanted to do was fight with Brady, and Brady, right or wrong, got in and under his skin, and and just it just left a whole bad taste for that uh, for that defense. They just unraveled completely. So you can talk about the refs all you want that that, that it was there was some bad calls, but. Um, they just, Kansas City just didn't execute. You don't win any game in this day and age in an NFL when you only score nine points, let alone 20 points. Yeah, correct. You come out of half. The way I, This is the way I look at it. You come out of half, you're down
1: 21 to 6. Whether they, they lined up offsides or not, it looked like he was offsides. Whether it was pass interference or not, because those were the two kind of majority sure, sure, main, sure. main calls, um, you had a chance to get back in the football game at that point, and you put up another field goal, and then. On defense, you just didn't answer the bell. Mm-hmm. It's 21-9. to 9. It could have been 21-13. And they drive down on a meticulous drive. Three straight runs to open up the drive. Play action to Gronk over the middle. Lenny Fournette goes 27 yards. Absolutely untouched. 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 27 yards. You didn't answer the bell. Yep. You got your ass whooped. The refs, to me, after watching that second half, going into half, they could have been a story if that game kept close.
2: But at 31 to 9 you can't even talk. About no, you ever. can. not You can't talk about the refs. You cannot talk about the refs. Uh what what I just you know what it, I, my cl- I guess my closing remark on it is is that um you know they're going to be back. Um we don't really know how how sore or hurt Mahomes was. Obviously he's going in for surgery today with his turf toe. Um you know the offensive line was beat up. Uh you know there was things behind the scenes from what happened with uh with Reed uh and his kid. Um but the bottom line is the Tampa Bay Bucks are the champs. They built that team for this actual moment. Brady's coming back. Um, all the naysayers can throw Belichick out, out of the, the water as far as um, it was all Belichick. Listen, I'm not saying it was all Brady here, but you know what? It was a perfect marriage. It was a perfect marriage. I loved listening to NFL Game Day. They talked about how they recruited brady and how it was a big production and they called them shoeless joe and they made this big plan well meanwhile they thought everybody else was gonna go they were gonna go after like a Bridgewater, water whatnot um just it was a perfect marriage congratulations they deserve it you know seven time champ more than any other franchise and he's one player i no doubt there's we don't even i don't even want to use the word goat anymore it's 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 just there he's the best yeah, and and you nailed on it by the point simple point that they'll be back. And and I want to give
1: a shout out to um, to to the general manager Jason Light for for his work. Let me just read you a few of the names. This team, everyone believes that this team was built with the big names, and, and the big names. Yeah, they're the big names, and they, and they put the team over the top. But this team was built in my mind because of what's happened in their draft the last three years. That allowed them to have these players on rookie contracts. To go out and get some of these big names and stay under the cap. You ready for this? 2018, Vita Vea, Ronald Jones, Carlton Davis, Alex Kappa, Jordan Whitehead in the first four rounds. 2019, Devin White, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards in the first three rounds. 2020, probably one of the best right tackles in football, folks. Shout out to one of our listeners, Mike Dearlove, for this. Round one, Tristan Worf, the guy hasn't given up a goddamn sack since week five. How is you not involved in offensive rookie in the year as a right tackle? These linemen don't get enough pub. Antoine Winfield in the second round. Kayshawn Vaughn, okay, he didn't play a big role, but they've hit on 10 out of their last 12 draft picks, in my mind, over the last three years on rookie deals. Allows you to go out and get the big-name vets and build it, and that's why they've got $56 million, looks like, in the cap room coming up. Brady's gonna be back. Gronkowski's gonna be back,
2: and the box ain't going nowhere. It'll be a good. It'll be a good show, and we'll see if we'll see if this tape gets played over and over and over again by defensive coordinators around the league on how you can slow down Mahomes or not. Now, granted, again, unhealthy people equals that, but it'll be interesting. Great work. Um, awesome job. Let's send it off the break and we'll catch our listeners on the
1: flip side for a hockey interview with Adrian Dater from the Colorado Avalanche. We'll catch you on the flip side.
2: It's not Starsky and Hutch.
0: It's Ginger and Dutch.
2: If you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. So welcome to Ginger and Dutch.
1: All right, listeners, welcome back from break. We're going to get right into some hockey talk, and specifically we're going to talk some uh, some Colorado Avalanche. We've got a special guest coming on here um, in tune with his team, a writer at bookies.com, writer and editor-in-chief with coloradohockeynow.com, Avs insider for 104.3, the fan in Denver, Colorado. We've got Adrian Dater on. Adrian, you on the line with us? I'm here. Ah, beautiful, good stuff. Thanks for coming on today. Hey, my pleasure. So I uh, I gotta break the ice a little bit here with you. Uh, you know, I saw on your on your social media there you're a Larry Bird fan. So we saw Tom Brady win his seventh Super Bowl. Um, are you are you going Brady or Jordan for the uh, the greatest of all time? There.
0: Oh boy, uh, <laughs> you know, as far as pure athlete goes, you'd have to go with Jordan. I mean, uh, but. I don't know. I mean, 43 years old. Um, That's a tough call. I got to go with Brady, though, being from New England. I've been a Patriot fan since the Jim Plunkett days from the early 70s. So I'm not a fair weather fan. Uh, uh, But yeah, it's hurt a little bit to see him win. But on the other hand, I think all Patriot fans are kind of rooting for what happened uh, yesterday, two days ago. (laughs)
2: Uh, Ginger, you didn't tell me you were bringing on a Patriots fan. Really, <laughs> well, we're all pro. We're pro Buffalo here. I can't even believe we're even having this conversation now that you just started to tell us that. But I, I agree. I, I agree as well. I agree as well. Uh, I think Brady for sure uh, tops that list. Listen, Adrian, let's get right into some Avalanche talk. Uh, it's it's been February 2nd since they played last. Uh, the the whole thing's just in a big debacle right now. It looks like they're not going to play their next game to the 14th. Um, it's got to mess with their heads a little bit. What
0: do you think? Well, you know, actually the thinking here is that this is, you know, quite possibly a silver lining event for the ads, you know, cause they had so many injuries. They yeah, always have injuries, yeah, but yeah. you know, Nathan McKinnon and Eric Johnson and uh, Matt Calvert and their backup goalie and a few other guys have been hurt and uh, would have missed, you know, all these games in the last few days. Now they get to rest up and, uh, and and some probably won't miss any games when the when all is said and done i think Nathan McKinnon's is going to be back for that sunday game uh Devontae's could be back so uh yeah it's it kind of sucks sitting around and doing it again nothing to nothing to watch for Avalanche hockey but uh i do think that this could be uh, a good thing for the team compa- you know for the record and and down the road assuming they uh you know uh, rest up healthily and not get any worse with covid at all
2: No, exactly. And, you know, when they when they come back, they've got a it's it's very weird, obviously. And we've been talking about a lot with just the way the schedule goes. It's four straight after that on the 14th coming back against Vegas, which is obviously their, I think, next to St. Louis, their biggest competitor in in this division. You know, what what how are they going to prepare for that with going four games in a row back to back? Like, are they going to are you going to see a different style of hockey with it or which way are they going to go that way?
0: No, I think they're going to, you know, play this. One of those games is going to be an outdoor game uh, in Lake Tahoe on a golf course. So I think that'll be a different game no matter what. Um, You know, probably not a lot of uh, big bone hit, jarring hits or anything. It tends to be tougher to do on outdoor rinks. But, uh, uh, you know, those are two teams that are going to be really gunning for each other. You know, those, I think those are the two best teams in the division. And maybe, you know, you could argue they're the two best in the league. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. I think mean, uh, Vegas has got a little more size than the Avalanche. This is always a a little bit of a worry here. And, uh, you know, the Avs are going to have to outskill them, out, outscore them probably. But it uh, should be four fun games. I just hope they all happen.
1: It, it, and talking strictly about Vegas here Adrian do you see Vegas as the, as the number 1 challenge for Colorado to go through or do you feel that you know uh St. Louis or uh you know a young upstart team in Arizona can can challenge the Avalanche for the for the lead in the, the top of this division who do you feel is that number 1 challenger
0: No I think it's Vegas uh you know you, I I sort of think Vegas is still a little bit above the Avs uh just when it comes to Pure depth, maybe uh, in the goaltending position, but uh, yeah, they're pretty even. And uh, um, St. Louis is real tough. Don't get me wrong; not going to be easy. But we've seen them struggle a little bit lately, and we saw them struggle in the playoffs last year. You can uh, you can argue that uh, they're slightly on the descent. I don't think that's the case with either Colorado or Vegas, though. They're they're on the way up.
1: You mentioned uh, the possibility of McKinnon coming back for for the Sunday game do you do you see the avalanche easing him in and limiting the minutes or are they going to just fire him right in there and expect him to uh continue where he left off which was hot as uh hot as fire
0: i mean it probably depends on how much practice time he gets of the two days they get back before the game uh but uh i don't see him slowing down too much if he can skate normally i think uh I think it'll be, you know, not long enough of a layoff that he can go back in and play his usual, you know, t- twenty twenty minutes or so and be and be normal, Nathan.
2: Yeah, and the good news is is they've uh, they've had tons of uh, scoring. It's been spread out, uh, you know, quite nicely since uh, since he has gone down. Is that is that the team's biggest strength, or is it just overall, uh, you know, just the team concept that they're playing right now?
0: Well, they have a lot of depth offensively of course, you know, guys have always been, you know, a lot of injuries still, but uh you know, they have they have depth on uh offensively at the blue line too, with Kale McCarr. He's a dynamite player, um, you know, just phenomenal. And uh um really though, their their best how they've won, you know, some games is it's been really good defense and goaltending though. Uh their their defense is better than it, than it has been in years. That's no question about that. And uh, while they do have a real problem with the backup goalie position with Francois being injured, uh, Philip Grubauer is having one of his best years of his career so far and uh, really you know, makes things easy back there when he's making a lot of saves and you know, 1.67 goals against the average I think he has right now. It's, uh, it's really been their defense that's been probably better than anything of late and the goaltending.
1: Yeah. And, and speaking on that goaltending point, that was exactly where I was going with my next question, Adrian, was do you think with, with, uh, with Fred Caribbean on that long term IR, um, do you think they can make a trade for a backup goalie to help kind of bolster that spot? You know, maybe someone like a Ryan Miller within the division from Anaheim or, a, you know, a Dave, uh, Dave big save Dave Riddick. Uh, from Calgary is is there anywhere or either goalie from uh, Detroit I believe is possibly available on the market do you see do you see the Avalanche making that move to help bolster uh, Grubauer
0: I mean it, it's possible but I don't I don't think so I think uh, I still think they think that francois is going to be back uh, you know during the season uh, I just, still don't know when but you know, the word I hear is that they don't think they're going to have to make a trade. On the other hand, you know, they're going to have to play Grubauer more. Um, and, you know, if they do run into just loss after loss with these backups, then, yeah, Joe Sakik may just have to do something. Um, they don't have a lot of cap space, though, but, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have to do something if they figure, you know, if they think they're going to, you know even fall out of you know I mean don't forget teams are still kind of near them in the fourth and fifth spot so yeah they got to keep winning you know uh every loss magnet is magnified by about a third in this from what it usually would be in a normal season so uh you know you can't you can't be too uh you know um blasé about these games with you know your backup goalie you've got to you got to try to win as many as you can and uh if they feel like they've got you know, just uh you know, uh, nothing back there to help win. They're gonna they're gonna have to do something. I'm sure Joe will figure out a way to get somebody in here.
2: Gotta love Joe. Uh, you know, let's hope they they get you know they get healthy and they uh, they take a role. They were the preseason favorites to win the uh, the cup this year, and uh, hopefully they uh, they continue that stretch. Listen, I, I want to go completely off topic. Uh, it it just, just came out. Uh, I guess the the game was I believe it was last night with uh, John Tortorello. I I want your take on it. Bench and Patrick Liney uh, for the third period. I mean, is that what's wrong with this situation? Is it, I mean, I mean, I know it's Torch, but it, you know, is this what you do to a, a, a new star player coming in after uh, he's only been there for a couple of games? Is this uh, is this the way you go in the new age uh, NHL, or, or what's your take on it?
0: Well, it doesn't surprise me though. I mean, this is what <laughs> Torch does, so uh, you know, it's nothing new. Um, <laughs> If line A thought he was going to get treated any different, I guess he's learned different already. Uh, I didn't see the game, but, I mean, to bench him that long, especially in a tie game that it was, uh, I mean, what did the guy do? I mean, I guess he screwed up on one goal, but really got to bench him the rest of the game? I I do think that's too harsh. And, uh, you know, Tortorella just keeps having these things happen where, you know, um, I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, I mean, we have seen guys want to leave Columbus. Uh, you know players are pretty careful not to rip people uh, and coaches and stuff but uh, I don't think it takes a genius to figure out that some guys just you know maybe not want to play there and uh, you know Tortorella could be a reason I mean uh, Miko Koivo just retired today uh, from Columbus so we know he said it was just because he didn't wasn't playing the way he wants to but you know who knows maybe he couldn't stand him either we don't know but uh, we won't stop the speculation I bet. And uh yeah, I think that was a little harsh for Patrick Lenny. I thought he just scored like a goal the other night too, didn't he? I mean, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, he, uh, yeah,
2: he did. He, he did. Yeah, Torch said Torch said there was some uh some some uh off ice stuff as well, but who knows with him. It just it doesn't make sense to me in a in yeah. a market in a market like that where it's so uh so hard to bring yeah. players, uh who who's who's gonna wanna play there, period. Yeah. There.
0: On the other hand, he gets teams in the playoffs and he doesn't want to stay in the so uh, you know, um and, and and some guys do swear by him. That is, you yep. know, but so that's just torts, you know, always makes for interesting copy at least.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Usually if there's uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. So we'll leave yeah. it at that. Back to back to Colorado. I've got uh, one last question for, here for you, Adrian, before we let you go. Um, if this team can get healthy, can they win the cup? Well,
0: I still think they need uh, mm, a little more, what I would say, you know, toughness, size, I don't always love their camaraderie either. It seems like on the bench, they don't they don't make a lot of uh, chatter on the bench. It's something I noticed in the playoffs, and uh, you know, people people got mad at me for, for saying that, but uh, it's just something I stick by. You know? I don't notice the, a lot of a lot of uh, you know emotion from that team sometimes, and I think it's it showed up a little at times in the playoffs, and uh, I think it showed up uh, a couple times this season too, but. Yeah, they can win. I mean, it's not just about injuries, but it's about, you know, really gelling at the right time and, and, uh, you know, playing good, tough, hard-nosed hockey in the playoffs uh, that they didn't always do. They had a lot of injuries last year. They they played very well at times in the playoffs, and yet they still lost to Dallas Stars. Um, And, uh, you know, they haven't been past the second round in, uh, what, um, uh, 17 years now. So, yeah,
1: I was say 17 years off. The yeah. Top of my
0: head. So, uh, you know, that's, a, that's a way, that's a long time. And, uh, you know, I think they want it again, though. I need a little more, I need to see a little bit more before I want to sort of proclaim them as cup, as real cup contenders. Yeah. yeah, I think so.
1: Well, Adrian, we appreciate your time. Let our listeners know, uh, where we can find you at and, and we can, uh, look you up, uh, was your social media and, and radio and all that stuff let our listeners know
0: well i'm on twitter at a and uh you know if i'm not putting my foot in my mouth there i'm uh, i'm in there usually uh just <laughs> talking kiss or larry bird or some abs and uh yeah that's about it i don't do uh don't i don't do instagram or anything that's too a little you know that's that's too much for me um uh, <laughs> i'm on uh I am on the radio, 104.3 The Fan in Denver. But, uh, yeah, my site is coloradohockeynow.com. It's a uh, subscription site, but we have got a lot of free content on there, and uh, we'd love to have you aboard.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate your time. And uh, next time I reach out to you, I'll make sure not to t- call you Chris. So uh, I've got you down now. <laughs> okay, guys. No, no problem. Right, thanks, Adrian. All Take
2: the best. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Good Chat there for sure. Um, he seemed like he was a little bit bored. He's obviously, uh, he's obviously waiting for some more Colorado Lava and chalky. I mean, they, mean, you know, that's what he's reporting. It's been a while, right? So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but good insight, knows his team, and uh, yeah. he's got a good feeling on it. So, yeah, well, hey. You know what, they were preseason favorites, so we'll see uh, where it all shakes down, and you know, he is right, there's tons of injuries. Listen, sticking right to this, let's stick with hockey, I want to talk Toronto Maple Leafs, I want to talk a little bit about Montreal, but I just came through on the feed there, back at it again, Brian Burke going to Pittsburgh, he's going to be president of hockey operations, teaming up with Ron Hexel's GM, what the heck kind of pairing is that going to be? it's a lot
1: of anger and I'm a actually, lot of anger in that room it, it, but a lot of knowledge
2: yeah and you know i i'm gonna miss him I, I i don't know what to expect with him going there i as much as i never liked him as a gm for the leafs I, I actually do enjoy his 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 commentating with sportsnet and i enjoy what he was doing with them so he's gonna be missed on that panel for sure um you know what he knows what he's doing uh listen he, he's not a this isn't his first uh rodeo but i don't know i'm not a big fan of the way he runs the the hockey teams but
1: who yeah, the thing with Berkey that I find is he, he he acts as a protector. I think that's what I liked about him in in Toronto is, and I think that that the team and the guys that that play for his teams that he puts together is, is that they would probably swear by it. And the fact that he he protects them, he protects them from the media, he he shelters them, and he makes it not shelters them. Maybe that's the wrong word, but just you know what, leave us alone. We're the we're I'm in charge of the hockey operations. Let me do my thing. I know what I'm doing. Let the players play and try not to get too involved. And I think that's what I
2: think the players and, and you know,
1: coaches would like
2: about Berkey. Right. I might get criticized for this, but um, isn't the game kind of passed them by now though? Like as, as being a, you know, a, a leader of an organization, well, maybe not. I mean, I guess if he's not GMing it, but I mean, you know, he's going to have his, his, his foot on the, in every little, uh, every little piece that's going on. So, I mean, the game's changed big time.
1: Yep, the game has changed and he'll be he'll be the one to prove us wrong, right?
2: Well, and just like torch is trying to do as we were just talking yeah. in the interview. Okay, let's talk Toronto. Let's talk Toronto. What do you got for me? I, well, I just got this. 13 it, games it, in. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. It's 13 games in and, and 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 I know, you know, I know as we talked about this last time. It's hard to tell how good they are because of their division, and we know that their division is 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 there's there's three weak teams in there, two really weak teams, including Correct. including Vancouver. they just swept three games and and we know Ottawa just stinks up the joint lately too, but you know ten, two, and one yep we got we got the Habs coming up uh, they're right on their tail, and, and I'm really looking forward to these next two games, but you may have to start eating your words a little bit here on oh, I don't know if there's enough talent on this team, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe it just took a little bit of time with Sheldon okay, to, to, to blend this team in and to get him more here. Have you ever seen, and I know because he's he's got 11 goals and I think it's eight and eight games or seven and seven games, but have you ever seen Matthews so happy on the ice, like he's into it, fist pumping? Uh, when, uh, when they scored the back-to-back goals last night on the, with 11 seconds, uh, he was on the bench. He was the first guy on the side of the bench fist pumping. They just look like they're having fun. I really, really, really like the way the defense is playing. You don't hear any of these... Um, I almost said the wrong word there. Any of these um, super fans are it when they call in and, and they just rip it apart individuals. And that's what's not happening right now, folks, is that they're not ripping, and again, because they're 10-2-1, but they're not ripping on individuals. Look at guys like who they brought in. Look at Brody. Look at Bogosian. How about Hull? These guys are all playing all upwards of 20 minutes. In fact, Brody paid 26 minutes the other night. They're playing good sound hockey. They're being able to win these muck-up games. Yeah, they are. Right. Freddie looks like a top five goalie right now. He's you know, being last night was his first actual uh, you want to say steal the show. He he pretty yeah, much stole he, those two periods. First,
1: first two periods but
2: first. how can you not tell me that this team right now isn't poised to make a big run here? And I know it's early, but and they're healthy as can be but with the exception of uh, you know Simmons going Prove down.
1: It Prove it to me. Ten, two, and one in a in a in a COVID year when in, in a in a crazy division. Hey, the record is the record, and you play who you play. I'm the first one to put my hand up um, on that, and I'll never criticize the schedule or a division or whatever that may be because that's not their fault. But they got to do it. They got to do it. Who are you who are you going to get in the in the playoffs in that first round? You're probably going to play an Edmonton, a Calgary, a, a team that. Yeah, you might not want to play. Yeah, that's and 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 it's it's the same. You're in the same boat as you were before. Yeah, against
2: Boston, against Tampa, in the old division, whatever it may be. I think they're a win one series, and and then they're going to be off and running. I think that the pedal will be down. And you're right. If they don't, then you'll be the one first one to say it, and we'll be we'll be talking about it. I told you so type thing. But. I really think that that the defense they've always lacked us. They've got six solid guys right now. Even, you know, with and I didn't mention Muzzin or Riley who have been there now for a while. Um Riley especially their core is is solid right now, and I'm really, really, really um, looking forward to seeing back to back games with Montreal because that first game of the season was was phenomenal when they played Montreal, and Montreal is hot right now. Their guys are all everybody's firing uh, for, uh, from uh, to Foley to Suzuki to Anderson to all these guys are yep. just absolutely you know taking it down. And, and we talked about it before. The fact that Carey Price doesn't have to play every game right now is, is making a huge difference with uh, Montreal. And um, I think those two teams uh, are going to be, uh, be there. They're going to be 1-2, as we said earlier.
1: Yeah, and, and this is uh, this is a little bit more than a sprint. You know, they always say a regular NHL or NBA season is a marathon with the 82 games. But um, this is a shortened season. You know, 26 games means a, a whole. That's a, that's a lot of games that you're not playing now. So when you get off and you've played your first 13 or 14 games by the time some of the listeners listen to this podcast, um, you're a quarter of the way through the year. Yep. Um, And you are who you you are at that point. And, and, uh, you know, they reel off another good 10-game stretch here and they've kind of locked themselves into a a playoff spot, you would think, and uh, looking for that first seed. So for me this year has always been about one thing, and that was about the playoffs. I didn't think that this team wasn't good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I know you. I I still had them here in in the top four in this division, no doubt. You know, the likes of Vancouver, completely disappointing. Uh, Edmonton off to a slow start. Seems to be getting it going a little bit now here, but I still had them in the top four. It's just... Can they went around to me and we'll uh we'll be waiting and seeing here when uh we get to playoff time. And
2: one thing before we uh before we end the show today, uh, you know, is is I wanted to to talk about the fact that um I don't want to get into COVID as much as it's wreaking havoc across the board everywhere again, uh, especially with um with NHL, but on the US side is that we seem to be doing it all right here on the Canadian side here. There, I don't even. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there's been one postponed game from our from the North Division. No, there no, hasn't. No, no. So so they're rolling. That could play a factor down the road, Ginger. It it could. I don't know. I don't proclaim to be the expert on the way the scheduling's work, but these these other teams might be having to cram some games in there. And 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 if we can come out unscathed through all this, and you know what, injuries are 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 sometimes are freak accidents, just like what happened with Simmons. But you know. Injuries could pop up if these teams have to start playing four and five nights or whatever it may be down the stretch just to get these games in. So that could play a big factor in the in the, in the the longevity of this season, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and when you get into the the interconference, if you will, or when they start crossing over into these other divisions in the second and third rounds of the or in the third rounds of the playoffs, you could be right. You know, like you look at Red today, Buffalo's playing 14 games in 18 days. Well, that's unheard of in the NHL. Yep, like that that's a I'm surprised no one's putting their hand up. Going, well, what, have we forgotten about player safety here? Right? I know, I know, right? So that could be a, a question that's going to arise coming up as well. Yep. In terms of the players going, um, yeah, this pace is just a little too quick. Yep. Um, in terms of how how fast they're playing these games to try to make them up and get these games in. Yeah, it'll
2: be interesting down the stretch, but I'm it's exciting to watch at least for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think overall, with the NHL, just to kind of close it off, is it, the rest is we kind of. You know, not tooting our own horn here, but we've nailed it to start. You know, you look at the West, you've got St. Louis, Vegas, Colorado, Arizona. I think we had those four teams. Absolutely. Yep. Central, you got Tampa, Florida, upstart Carolina, who you were big on and you mentioned. And Dallas, who's in fifth or sixth right now, but they've only played nine games. And they're missing missing a ton of guys. And they're missing a ton of guys. A ton. They're kind of in that same boat as Colorado. Once they get healthy, they can get back and play some of these games and they win them. They'll be right there. And then the East, I was I was wrong on one team. I'll put my hand up. I'll uh, I'll be the first one to say I told you so when I'm right. Yeah. I'll be the first one to put my hand up when I'm wrong. The Boston Bruins, uh, top of the East right now, still there. I thought it was uh, them and Pittsburgh would be done, but hey, they might have one more year in, year in them. And then Philly, Washington, and the Islanders. So it's kind of played out exactly sure. uh, the way we thought, other than um, me having Toronto and Montreal uh, a little lower than where they are right now.
2: Well said. So, um, you know, where are we going to go next week? Uh, I'll put you on the spot. What's the big topic next week? I know Super Bowl's over. Uh, you know what? Uh, it was disappointing, as we had mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah, we're hoping to have a, a, a little uh, NBA guest on. He's uh, he's agreed to come on, and uh, I think it's about time
1: that we uh, we get him on here. So. We're going to be working on a Toronto Raptors specific guests.
2: Can't duck us anymore. And yeah. hopefully we'll get them on. And maybe some, uh, maybe, um, you know, your bread and butter, which is what you love, is uh, some March Madness. Uh, I, I know, again, we talked up briefly about it today, but uh, maybe we'll get into that as well. Awesome. That sounds great. Folks, make sure you're
1: following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Dutch one Share us. Give us a good review on Apple Podcast as well. Uh, Dutch, would you believe uh, we got five star reviews? Hey. We're almost at 20 there. So hey, hey. give us a good review if you're listening. It uh, goes a long way. And uh, I don't think we have any closing thoughts for today's episode.
2: No, sir. Shut and, it down.
1: And thanks for tuning in to the Ginger and Dutch Podcast. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. Ginger.